Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I don't know about you, but I've been watching a lot of Olympics lately. I'm kind of sad it's almost over. Anyone else has watched a lot of Olympics? Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, these are sports I don't even care about the other three years, but now I'm really invested. And I don't know who most of these people are, but I do know one thing. If I see that USA across their chest, I'm rooting for that guy. There'll be a whole crowd of people running together with one guy wearing the USA red track and field uniform and like, that guy's awesome, I want him to win. Now, why is this? Because the uniform identifies him as one of my people, one of my countrymen or women, and I can therefore uh, understand that that is a person that I should be cheering for. Some people call this uh, cheering for the laundry. But that's the thing is, that uniform shows who they are. And that's what I'm going to get to, that outfits, clothing, does a lot to show identity. Right now, I'm wearing a very distinctive outfit, that this white robe and green stole that matches the altar uh, uh, pyramids and the cross around my neck identifies me as a pastor. But not just a pastor, a pastor in the act of leading public worship, that this is a sign of who I am so you know what to expect out of me. Or another example, our school here, St. John's Lutheran School, we have uniforms. I see a little girl running around in the particular shade of plaid blue. I know that is one of our students. She's one of ours. Clothes identify who we are. And that is what Paul's talking about in our text today. He talks about uh, wearing a particular kind of clothing. Let's look at this more closely. This is uh, verse 22. He says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we're taking something off, we're removing clothing, and that's the old self. And we're putting on something different, something that is righteous and holy like God, that is the new self. Though I want to actually clarify here a little bit, I think this translation is not as good as it could be because we are really sensitive to the tenses of the verbs. It's not that you have been taught to put off the old self and to put on the new self. You've been taught that you already have put off the old self. You already have put on the new self. This is very important because he's not saying this is something you need to work on. Hey guys, go work on being more godly. He's saying this has happened to you. Your old self has been removed and a new self has been given to you. And actually, it doesn't just say self, this is a new human. An old human was removed from you and a new human was added to you. This is a profound statement. And so when does this happen? When do we get rid of the old human and get the new human? Baptism. Baptism is when this occurs. So he's pointing them back to their baptism to tell them who you are. And in baptism, we're told in Romans 13, we put on Christ. We are wearing Christ. Christ is our clothing wrapped around us, and that is our uniform. We are on Team Jesus, not Team USA, that that is who we are. We are Christ's body, Christ's people. We are His. So there's also this old human. Let's talk about this old human a little bit, because this old human uh, is described here in some detail. He talks about the old human, uh, you were darkened in your understanding, separated from the life of God that you indulged in every kind of impurity, that you were full of greed, or maybe even better, you were never satisfied. 
This old human is what we are born with. This creature who uh, does not know God, does not want to know God, is not able to do anything but try to fill itself up with all kinds of desires. And if you think about this, this is pretty similar to what is pushed in our culture many times these days. We are taught to be voracious consumers, always taking, taking, taking. We are taught to do whatever we feel like doing. And as long as it doesn't hurt anyone too badly, just go and push any boundary, do whatever you want. We're told that we should think always about the individual, always about ourselves, uh, not about what others need. And this thinking is the thinking of the old human, the old broken human. And Paul says, that is not who you are anymore. You have put that off in your baptism. On the other hand, we have the new human. And the new human, we're, said, uh, we're told here, is like God, like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's very interesting, like God. Because remember, older than the old human, we have the original human. Right? Adam and Eve, the OG human. Adam and Eve, they were like God. They were created in the image and likeness of God. That they were more like him than anything else God ever created. They were doing God's work. God's work of caring for the earth and caring for one another. God's work of ordering and creating and doing wonderful things at a much smaller scale. That is who humanity was originally before they got broken, and that is who they will be again in Christ. You see, Christ is the true human. That Christ is God who took on humanity, and in taking on humanity, he perfected humanity. He did humanity right. And by doing that, when we are wrapped in Christ, when we are clothed in him, we are doing humanity right. We are the new humanity, the humanity that is like God in his image and likeness, which is an amazing, miraculous thing that you get that identity. That is who you are now. So there's a couple of huge implications here. The first one is, if that is who you are now, can you go back to the way you used to be? Can you decide, you know, I'm just going to you know, do whatever I feel like again. I'm going to go back to living in darkness and ignorance. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. That'd be like a guy wearing Team USA's jersey shooting baskets for China. I mean, technically they could. They could try to score points for their team. But why would they? That's not who they are. That's not their team. It's the same thing for you. Paul says you can't go back to that way of life. It's not an option for you because that is not who you are. So that's the one big implication. The second one, though, is even though we have put off the old human, even though it has been stripped off us and destroyed, it still clings to us. That old human doesn't quite ever go away. It's like uh, if you ever watch um, slasher movies. I'm not a fan myself, but in a slasher movie, you think the bad guy's dead, and then he comes back one more time to try to kill him again, and you have to kill him a second time. Sometimes a third time, depends on how ridiculous they are. The point here is, even though your old humanity was drowned in your baptism, it still is there to bother you. It's still there trying to get into your life. It's still there trying to drag you back into the filth that God has pulled you out of. And so, what do we do at this? This is what all the commands Paul gives are about. So he is focused us on our baptism, focused us on our new identity, and saying, therefore, this is how you keep that old human down. 
He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on you while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work and do something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. It goes on for a while here. All of these things are ways that old human would try to get into your life again, and he's saying this is how you stop him before he gets a foothold. He wants you to get angry and use that anger in hateful ways. Don't let him. He, he wants you to speak unwholesome things. Don't let him. He wants you to take and not give. Don't let him. Don't let him have a foothold. Don't let him be part of your life. Now, Paul's not a perfectionist. He knows that we and our weakness will not always win the struggle against the old human. But there's a big difference between sins of weakness and just letting it go. There's an old saying, uh, you can't stop the birds from pooping on your head, but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. <laughs> you do not let the old human get a foothold because that is not who you are. You fight him tooth and nail. You might lose sometimes, you might win sometimes, but you are always fighting for Team Jesus, the team whose uniform you are wearing. But there's really good news here. And that really good news is this fight will not last forever. You will not always be fighting against your old human because when Christ brings you home, he will strip away that old human the last time and welcome you into his kingdom and there'll be no more fighting against him. And that's when the fun really begins. But in the meantime, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for some future time to get to put on Christ, to get to put on the new humanity because you already have it. It is already yours you are proudly wearing Christ as your uniform. And you know what? It looks good on you. Amen.